This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm fantastic, Josh. I wanted to kick things off here with a note from uh, Duncan McKenzie, who emailed us, and he wanted to know, do we ever dream about FPL? Uh, we're, we're pretty serious. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, serious isn't quite the word uh, to describe us, but I imagine you're the type that does dream about your fantasy team. That's a good question. Um I don't know that I dream about it. I have, I will lay in bed thinking about it. Um, but this is like a long, I, I used to do this when I, when I, I learned how to play chess, I learned how to play chess kind of like late in my late high school, I think, or something okay. like that. And for like okay. the first year after I learned how to play chess, I would lay in bed and just like think about, I couldn't turn my brain off and I would just think about chess moves and, and like positions like that. And then when I got into poker in college, I had kind of sort of the same thing where I would lay in bed thinking about you know hands and situations things like that so i guess fantasy is kind of like i do that as well where i'll sort of lay in bed and i'll think about god this sounds so lame i don't know yeah i mean this is all honest but i hate how lame this sounds no uh, no what about I, you? I think do you're, you uh, yeah i think you're probably in good company thinking about those chess moves because i'm sure you saw <laughs> the report today that magnus carlson <laughs> yeah. the, the best chess player in the world or thereabouts is ranked number three overall in the world in fantasy i did see that yeah that's uh that's really awesome it's uh yeah it was sort of like it was one of those like it's good for the game sort of yeah <laughs> right, right. our yeah. our ambassador for fpl globally is a chess champion and that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That, that does speak cool. to what you were saying. It's kind of a nerdy culture. But I don't I don't dream about my fantasy team, but I do have those dreams. You know, the the typical dream where something bad is happening and you're trying to scream, but nothing's mm-hmm. coming out of your mouth. I have <laughs> yeah. this dream where I am actually playing football. I'm playing soccer and I need to pass the ball, but I can't. I can't mm-hmm. pass it. Uh, and um, this is something that's going to come up later in the podcast, but it makes me feel kind of impotent. Uh, so it's never it's never a good dream when it comes to football or fantasy that i'm having all right let's let's move yeah this that was a good opening salvo but we got got a lot to talk about right i got a lot to cover this game week and 
Game Week 16, it's almost in the books. It's nine-tenths in the books. I'd say it's even more than nine-tenths considering I feel like it's just you have, what, a handful of Aubameyang owners, an even mm-hmm. smaller handful of Lacazette, but there's really no one. No one has West Ham players right now, right? No one's got – Not anymore. The, yeah, the era yeah. the era of Yarmolenko is is way in the rear <laughs> view mirror at went. this point. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's gonna, I think Zaha might be the next – he's the next Yarmolenko, right? So it came and went <laughs> super yeah. quickly. He may already be in the rear view, exactly. <laughs> you know what's funny is uh, a Mape, uh, Neil Mape was a player who I thought was – going to leave but he's kind of he kind of like hasn't left you know it's like yeah. we all stopped talking about him and yet he keeps scoring like every week mm-hmm. it's like it's this strange thing where we're all like no no he's not good we don't want him uh-huh. <laughs> it's just every week he's uh it seems like he's scoring right now kind of a uh, jeff yeah. hornacek type player or something like that a little bit yeah yeah just kind of hanging around the edges a little bit so okay i have a question for you brandon every week we do these uh you know we do the regular podcast and we do these these kitchen table podcasts for patrons and uh we alternate you know who's the lead host on those podcasts and so i'm curious on those podcasts, you, you you're almost becoming infamous now for advocating for major <laughs> moves and uh-huh. then not doing them the next day. So just yeah. if you had to do like like back of a cocktail napkin, your Thursday, your proposed Thursday transfers versus yeah. your actual Friday transfers, how much are the Thursday transfers ahead at this point? If they are ahead. <laughs> <laughs> they are they're ahead by quite some distance. Yeah, it's a good the podcast is always a good record of our thinking and at one point in time. And then you look at our actual teams and you can <laughs> see um, how, how our thoughts actually come to fruition. And yeah, it always seems like the moves that I think about Thursday night uh, do better than the ones that I end up making with my team. And I've been in this, I put myself in this position a lot this season with just with two free transfers and You've talked about the the burden of two free transfers and, yes, and the you, curse you of think, two free transfers. You tend to think that having two free sort of unlocks a quote mini wild card and it frees frees you up to being really creative with your moves. But actually, the effect is is you seize and you have too many options, mm-hmm. and I end up just going for the safer option. So Thursday night, I laid out this beautiful plan of Sterling and Jimenez out. For Deli Ali and Marcus Rashford, and I would have been up uh, at least ten points uh, yeah. had I made those moves. Yeah. So um, I ended up going for just Jack Grealish and banking another free transfer instead. Thank God Jack Grealish uh, scored a goal to justify some of my thinking. <laughs> yeah, that's and, true. And, and, and Grealish does look like the type of player that we're all going to want come game week 18. I know. That unless, fourth, he gets a, unless he gets yeah. a yellow card. That fourth yellow is actually huge, and it kind of scares me off bringing him in this week. I feel like I've, I've got to – now I'm, I'm sort of nervous about bringing him in. I'm going to wait one more. When does it reset? Is it after game week 20? Is that when that's you a, can go uh, – game week 19 or 20? It's one of those two. I can't remember. Yeah, it's a good question. I will I will look it up here while while you continue talking. While I vamp for a second. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll do the score check. So I, I, while you're while you're researching that, I will uh, do a quick score check for my own team. Uh, I I will say first and foremost that I am very glad that we did not do a podcast after game week fifteen. Uh, had far and away my worst game week. It's 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 the game week that everyone has once a season where it's every highly owned player that you don't own does well. And, uh, that was, that was the game week for me. And, um, 
I've been, you know, I've been sort of, I had five green arrows in a row. I've been sort of playing the differential game. I was moving, I, you know, I had these low ownership players. They were working out pretty well for me. Um, I moved to about 500,000 spots or so. And, um, I was around 200K. Uh, and then I had a, a game week rank of 6 million in game week 15. And, uh, I added 300,000 spots to my score. I think I was around 500,000 after, after that. And so, uh, game week 16, I've crawled a lot of that back. I'm at 68 points. Um, and, uh, back up to 300 and I think I'll be around 375,000 or so once, uh, uh, once, once the final scores are all in, because a lot of people have captain Vardy or, or captain Mane and they're, they're going to get Vardy's points if they vice captain him or any other player for that matter. Mane didn't play a lot of auto subs are going to come in as well. So your overall rank as of this recording is not really an accurate reflection of what it's going to look like once all those auto subs come in. So it looks like I'll, I'll have made up at a hundred thousand spots. I'll be in t- inside the top 400 K, which I guess is okay. Uh, you know, it still feels uh, a little frustrating, but I feel good about my, my team. And in, in many ways, I feel good. I mean, I captain Vardy, uh, Mo Salah, you know, I held on to him despite my frustration in game week 15. Uh, I got rewarded with 13 points there. I transferred in Deli Alley um, and I uh, got two assists from him there. Um, I did bring in Kevin De Bruyne. I, I went Sterling to De Bruyne and then I used that money to go from Mason Mount to Deli Alley. So still, still a net gain. Um, but uh, in hindsight, Sun would have been the player to go with there. It just that that was like a bridge too far for me. Um, and of course, as I was saying to you before, sort of the podcast, these things always are so much more clear once the game week happens. But going into that match, I felt pretty confident that Man City were going to get a couple of goals uh, in that match at home to Man United. I did not think that uh, Man United would beat them 2-1. That was not even mm-hmm. in my like reckoning, you know, going, yeah. into, <laughs> going into that match. Um, yeah. So how about you? Yeah, I am all out before the West Ham Arsenal game, 60 points. And while that's 15 points above the average, uh, I'm, feel like I am going to be on a gray dot or maybe even a red arrow after all the auto subs and vice captains kick in, like you were mentioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Man City continues to be my, my weakness with Sterling and De Bruyne in my midfield. And I agree. I I expected much more from Man City at home in that Manchester derby. And when that final whistle blows, I had this feeling that that could have marked the official death of the Pep Guardiola era at Manchester City. Um, I mean, maybe it's pretty obvious to a lot of people listening that this has been coming for a long time, or maybe I'm just over-exaggerating, but something seems to be dead in this team, whether they're just completely out of gas or or the rest of the league is sort of catching up to um, the game they're playing at. I don't know, but I, I was just really shocked at how they couldn't get anything going. And yeah, I was going to say, I wonder how much of it is just Liverpool being so far ahead right now. And, you know, just, I feel like it must take so much energy to actually keep it up the entire year in a league, sustain that kind of, you know, sustain that sort of champ, the, the form you need to win the premier Premier league title. And, you know, maybe after doing it two years in a row and now they're down, whatever it is now, like 14 points, uh, 11 going into that match. They just, they just didn't have like the, they didn't want it enough, you know, um, yeah. because it felt like it was already lost. And maybe if the lead was three points or something like that, maybe that doesn't feel – maybe they have a little more in the tank. I don't know. That's just a just a guess, yeah. but I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's a possibility. It, it it does feel like, though, FPL-wise, if you're on the fence with your city assets, <laughs> the, yeah. you have now 
Mr. Policeman, I gave you all the clues. It's time to um, maybe maybe you don't need to dump all of yours. Maybe maybe holding on to KDB like Sterling KDB. I don't want it to become become a conversation of like these guys are terrible. They're not terrible. There's just right. not something working in terms of accumulating Premier League points and FPL points. So that's that. I made my sideways move McGinn out and McGinn has been um, withering away. Uh, in the FPL conversation for a while now. So Jack Grealish came in for him. Fine, that's great. And I can verify that the yellow card rule resets in game week 19. So if if Grealish is still on four yellows after game week 18 concludes, then he's good. He's golden. Oh, through okay, so like going so game week 18 is the final game week. Correct. Like if he gets he gets through that one going into 19, he's clear. So that's okay, that's not bad actually. That's only two that might be worth me bringing him in for game week 18 then. That's that's a good thing to know. I am uh I need to solve my Telemans problem soon. And so maybe that's yeah, uh right. that's the way I do it. And my captaincy, I just continue to not be able to get this right. I decided to go with my gut and be a little different and went with Hungman's son. And I thought I was looking in great shape with uh, a bonus point, goal and an assist. And then Vardy just did his Vardy thing, and yeah, uh, one point difference uh, though. Not you know, pretty pretty. Well, pretty close. technically, yeah, 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 a one point difference. But listen, I'm going for maximum points here, Jack. <laughs> okay, I'm going for the max. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, um, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm curious yeah. to see where the sixty points uh, shakes out when the game week is totally closed up. Yeah, I, I I don't think it'll change too much. I mean, if, if you know, there's a couple of those um, like premier fantasy tools. There's some sites online where you can you can you know fantasy football fix where you can check your your live rank, and that will include things like uh, auto subs and and you know ca- vice captains who become captains and things like that. And so that you know, I, I don't my mind's like around three seventy five or something like that. I think I, I don't see it going up that much more. Um, after tomorrow's match, but uh, yeah, it was just kind of kind of a funny one, and it, you know, so sort of. But interestingly, you know, I got the uh, so I got the points from Salah Ali, captain a player who had a brace and didn't really move up as much as I thought I was going to, and so I think the it got us thinking about the theme for this week's podcast, which are who are the candidates for a ranking jump? Like if you want to move up in overall rank and we use overall rank as a, as a target, obviously most people are more mini league focused. Uh, even I'm more mini league focused despite having this podcast. I mean, I, you know, when I think about what my goals are as a fantasy manager, it's, I want to win my mini leagues. You know, I don't, I don't have like a overall rank target that I set for myself, but if you're moving up in the overall rank, you're typically moving up in your mini leagues as well. So, um, you know, so who are the candidates for a rankings jump? We're going to talk about that. And we're also going to talk about the flip side, which I think is just as important, which is who do you drop? You know, it's all well and good to, you know, move heaven and earth to bring sun in. But like, how many points are you taking out of your team when you do that? You know, and so I think that's, and I think that is actually what holds people up more than anything. And this, the, you know, that's, it's the, it's letting go of, you know, like, like, like you were saying with, like with Man City, right? It's just, you know, you had three, you, you hold on to three for a long time, finally got down to two. And even then it was kind of hard, you know? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I felt that way going into Saturday's match. I mean, I dropped Sterling finally after weeks and weeks and, I felt so anxious going into that match not having Raheem Sterling. I mean, it doesn't matter how many times he blanks, you know, it was still, it was still a hard move to, to make. So, uh, yeah, the so problem that, that you yeah. have to solve is like, I'm, I was looking to move Sterling and Jimenez for Ali yeah. and Rashford. 
I'm moving good players for other good players. And it is, it is a feat of, of mental strength to understand what the like marginal differences there are there to, to make sense for like the coming fixtures and what the form tells you about all that. Yeah. And I think just in general, that, that leap of faith is, uh, is is always it, it's a leap of faith. I mean, because obviously we're not playing. It's not like this is a pre-programmed thing where the results are there to be unlocked. I mean, you sort of have to make a leap and hope that you have some luck in your favor. You know, I mean, you can make an educated guess, but um, you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, that's why it's so hard to drop these people. So, so that's the theme, Brandon. Uh, we're not even there yet, though. We've got <laughs> stuff to talk about. Uh, we have a rant this week, don't we? Yeah, this rant comes from William T.J. Cowmeadow. What a bloody good name that is. <laughs> uh, William has this to say with, with regards to rants. Triple Captain Vardy against Watford. This was uh, last week. The worst team in the league for a massive five-pointer. So if my math is right, Josh, five times three is 15 points. Okay. This week, uh, the inconsiderate sod nabs a brace and all three bonus points Sela Vardy. <laughs> I think we could make a T-shirt here that says Sela Vardy. That yeah. maybe that takes over the uh, Vardy party cliche, and we just mm-hmm. say Sela Vardy. Was that an odd one where the he got his foot stepped on and it got reviewed, and he still got the yellow card for diving when it was quite clear on any video replay that you watched that I, I don't want to re-legislate like two game weeks ago now, but that was an odd one, wasn't it? I was so surprised that it, that, that <laughs> yellow for diving held up. It very, very clearly did not dive. I, I don't know. It's very strange. Yeah. I, I am so cynical and <laughs> VAR is not helping that in mm-hmm. me. So, you know, I can't really discuss this because VAR has just gotten so many, well, it's like, I don't want to say VAR mm-hmm. has gotten so many things wrong, but I, I don't know. Getting Let's it right is no fun. This. Yeah, it's, we both hate it. Everyone knows we hate it. We talk about it all the time. It's fine. You know, if you like it, great. To, no problem. To that point, there was this tweet that I love from Jonathan Wilson who said, if VAR has made me realize anything, it's that deep down I'd rather decisions were funny and appropriate than correct. Yes. So I think I'm kind of with with uh, Jonathan there. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, I... Yeah, I just even today, I don't know. I can't go down that road again. But I, I, the Norwich match was like so marred by VAR. I mean, the whole second half, there were just these long, you know, like that when that red card got rescinded, that took like five minutes. It was just like, oh, so in the the Lundstrom goal that wasn't uh, got reviewed forever, too. I mean, the, you know, there should have been like 15 minutes of extra time because I don't know what, like, I, I don't know why fans still go to these matches because if they're going to get stopped for this much, it just seems like um, you're wasting your money. So, Anyway, Brandon, uh, no Super League. We did it. We did. We did another rant, didn't we? We just couldn't uh, couldn't stop. <laughs> it's ourselves. inevitable. It is inevitable. <laughs> yeah, no Super League update uh, because uh, the game week is not over yet, and with all the auto subs and everything, it just didn't feel like um, even doing like in the middle of things uh, version of it didn't seem useful. So uh, we'll update that uh, on our uh, social medias. Uh, later this week uh patreon we have a we put out the call it's december we we don't try to we try not to hit people up too much uh, about patreon during the during the year obviously we we talk about a lot at the beginning of the season but during the year itself we try to keep it cool uh but uh this is christmas (laughs) if you you know you got a big holiday bonus or something like that and you want to um 
give a little tip to the cheaters, uh, that would be great. Um, you can support the podcast. You, of course, get access to our private Slack. Uh, it's a great time to be on the Slack where, uh, obviously, with matches coming fast and furious, there's all kinds of conversation on there. Uh, we're also uh, we're doing bonus podcasts. We're still kind of working out our bonus podcast schedule for the holidays, but um, we're certainly doing regular podcasts that whole time, and we'll be doing some some bonus podcasts as well. And then, obviously, back to back to your normal two times a week uh, starting January 1. Um, so if you'd like to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash alwayscheating. And we have some new patrons this week, do we not, Brandon? Yeah, big thanks to our patrons at the Lord Sorloth level. Phil, Marcel Shuri, Marshall Kibbe, John Reynolds, Adam Edgeton, Torben Blatter, uh, any relation, Torben? Interesting. Uh, and Surin Sadowski. So big thanks to those new Patreon members. And like Josh said, for more information, go to patreon.com slash alwayscheating. All right. Well, let's take a quick break and we'll get back and we'll talk about the players you can target to move up in the rankings. All right, we're back. And this week's main topic is climbing up the rankings. Luke has a question. He says, like many, I'm currently treading water and at best I'm moving up 1K each game week. That can't be true, Luke. 1K? That would be that would be truly miserable. I would stop playing if it was 1K. Uh, is differential captaincy the way to break this pattern? And if so, how differential should we be how, how differential should we be going? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, let's just start with that because we, we mentioned at the top of the podcast, we're going to talk about players, you know, candidates to buy, candidates to drop. Um, but what do you think about just being different with the captaincy? How do you feel I, about that? I'm actually a big fan of this tactic because, um, like, I, I'm i not sure going full Maverick going into game week 17, and we're not even halfway through the season yet. I mean, we're getting there. But uh, if you just... Uh, go so far outside of the template, you're risking more than you stand to gain, I think, especially because so many templated players are that way because they're consistently scoring points. So a captaincy is a lower risk way for you to take a bigger swing. And that was my thinking going for Sun. The problem is with his thinking, however logical it may be, is that Jamie Vardy is kind of breaking things <laughs> at the moment where yeah. he's scoring every bloody game week so how do you go Maverick on a captaincy when the uh, bandwagon captain, Vardy, is just going to continue to tick along? So yeah. that is making this tech, this this way of playing FPL much harder. Yeah, I mean, and, and, they, and they, Leicester play at home to Norwich in game week 17, which uh, it's, it's going to take a – well, okay, this is interesting because in game week 15, you had Vardy at home to Watford and uh, overwhelming captaincy shout there. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, a big, there was a real case to be made for not going with him, you know, and just taking the risk and going with someone like Sadio Mane, um, despite the, the fear of everyone, you know, captaining him. And obviously it worked out, you know, really well in that case, a 10 point difference, uh, you know, 10 points is a lot. I mean, when you, when you think about trying to get from, you know, let's say you have a mini league of 20 managers and you're, you know. 60 points behind uh first place you know, you're not going to make up 60 in in one or two game weeks right like you have to target 10 points a game week you know 10 points yeah. here 10 points there there's still you know 20 game weeks left in the season there's so much time um and there's triple captains and double game weeks and there's all kinds of stuff that can still happen that you can make up those points really easily so you know so but 10 points at a time is is a differential captain you know that's 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 one way to do it um and so 
I think, you know, in 17, it's kind of interesting because you do have Leicester at home to Norwich. I, I, I will be captain of Vardy personally, but I think the case for Sadio Mane uh, is is pretty strong um, at home to Watford. I mean, that's probably an equally good, if not mm-hmm. just slightly worse fixture, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think that, yeah, I maybe that was my old cynicism that was creeping into that captaincy discussion because I do think um, – while Sun was a point shy of Vardy's tally this week, uh, Sun was still a really great differential captain, home Burnley. And as you say, Mane is great, home Watford in game week 17. So the differential captains continue to be there as options. And more to the theme, it's all going to be a leap of faith through this holiday fixture period. Are you right. going to be strong enough mentally uh, to go without captaining Vardy uh, in, in a plum <laughs> yeah. fixture like home Norwich. Yeah. And that's really, okay. So I guess, I guess another way to look at it would be the, the, the low risk nature of this technique is that you already own Vardy. So mm-hmm. even if everyone else is captaining him, uh, they're going to get, I don't need to explain to you how captaincies work, but at least you're getting half of those points. Yeah. And if we can target some of these players that we're about to talk about that have much less ownership, let's see, Vardy right now is uh, close to 50% ownership. So on captaincy, effective 100% ownership. But if you look at Deli Ali, who's 11% ownership, and you captain him, and somehow he manages to edge out Vardy's tally for that game week, then... That's that's going to be a huge rise for right. you, that results. So it's a leap of faith to get there. But if it goes your way, that's that is the exact outcome that we're talking about. And I think that uh, it'll be a little easier. Maybe, maybe game week 17 isn't the ideal fixture for this. Um, I mean, unless you're going Sadio Mane. And I think that's that's fine. But, I, you know, if we're thinking like heavy, heavy differential um you know someone with a super low ownership i i don't know that game week 17 is the best you have to pick your spots when you be when you're different with the captain i mean there's you know it's all well and good to say i'm going to be i'm going to go wild with my captains i'm going to take huge swings every game week um you know the, the like you do that a, a few times and it goes poorly and suddenly you're two million overall and you just kind of stop caring you know um and so i think that you, you do have to be a little bit careful but you know looking at game week 18 and 19 Suddenly, that is a spot where there's a lot of, I think, advantage in, in trying to be creative. I mean, Vardy, uh, you know, Leicester will be away to Man City. Um, and, uh, you know, so that's a, that's a tricky fixture for Man City and for and for Leicester. Um, Liverpool will be um, away at the um, the cl- is Club World Cup. Is that what they call it? At the Club World Something Cup? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so then, you know, it's pretty interesting. I think there's some really po- interesting possibilities there. You have Norwich away to Wolves. Maybe maybe Jimenez is interesting for that. Aston Villa, Southampton, Jack Grealish. I mean, I think there's a potential to to go, you know, really create. Even you know, maybe 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 Son at home to Chelsea. You know, it's. Uh, um, I think there are even more even more kind of left field than that. I mean, those are in some ways those are just going to be the, the obvious captain picks for that game week. But you know, maybe you go with. Um, I don't know who stands out game week 18. Like just looking at it, looking at Overbrand, is anyone, you know, maybe we're Charlison at home to Arsenal, you know, something like that. Just like <laughs> super, you know, because this is like the, I mean, you know, I think we've talked about this before in the podcast, but I, you know, when people talk about, oh, I, I can't move up or I can't move down. And, I, you know, and we get these kind of, you know, rate my teams share with us. And 
sometimes it feels like it's like the same pool of, of 18 players that are being considered. And, yeah. you know, it's like you got to expand that pool. You have to at least double it, you know. I mean, there's, there's mm-hmm. certainly, you know, Marcus Rashford was not in any of the teams that anybody was sharing with me for weeks and weeks and weeks while he was he was scoring consistently. And, um, you know, we were even, you know, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, we talked about Crystal Palace defenders and how they would be, you know, a team that you'd want to target for these fixtures. And But you just weren't seeing them pop up until – they showed it for a couple of weeks. And I think that's, that's the whole leap of faith part of it that we're talking about, which is it's all very easy and, and, and logical to move to these players. Once you've seen them do really well, two or three weeks in a row, it's, it's the doing it before they've shown anything (laughs) that, that that (laughs) is, that that's the leap of faith. And that's what you have to do. If you want to make up ground is you have to guess and you have to, and then, and then hope you get lucky because, um, you know, it's like I said before, it's not a video game. We don't know what's going to happen. You know, you have to have to take some risks. So, um, yeah, if I had to, if I had to set my captaincy for game week 18 right now, I do think that Marcus Rashford would be my guy looking at that Watford fixture and, and the various matchups. So Um, Rashford's coming in for you. That's, that's happening. He's he's he is on the uh, he's on the strategic plan for okay. <laughs> Brandon Incorporated. Exactly. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah. Should we answer some questions? Uh, we got. Some, yeah, let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk about these <clears throat> actual candidates. Who are are they? Uh, first one comes from Chancer, who asks Spurs. Now we've already we've already intoned the names of Deli Ali and Hungman's son. Are we believers? Do we believe in Spurs? So I, I'm on Sun. You're on Ali. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're, we're we both have to be very happy with that. But are yep. we happy enough? Could we be happier? Well, Sun could have had a 20 point game, right? I mean, he yeah, uh, yeah he was putting yeah. balls on platters for the rest of his teammates for sure. Yeah, long free kicks too. I don't remember him. I, I mean, I don't want to watch Spurs as closely as. Hardcore Spurs fans do, but I, I don't remember him sending in free kicks the way he was doing. Remember that that there was a free kick that that Harry Kane just missed. I think it was was the end of the first half or early in the second. Um, and I think it I, is yeah. the 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 absence of Christian Eriksen, which right, has maybe freed right, that up course, for yeah. Son. And you do get this sense that uh, Son has yet to be subbed since Mourinho came in. Like, is Son the golden boy for Mourinho at the moment? Uh, yeah. Is he going to get all the responsibility? Seems that way. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's is he leaving at all. For feels like every year he has like you know he's going hot, and then he has to he has some international commitments. So I, I think I don't the know Asian these, Cup yeah. that's coming up for South Korea it's meant to be uh, just for domestic players, players who play in okay. domestic Asian leagues. That's yeah. my understanding. Like they did this in the. Uh, and in the African Cup of Nations uh, recently as well. So I okay. think that Sun is is cool for the Premier right, League for a while. Here's a question for you. And uh, Emil Silik says, uh, would you move Sun for KDB? Um, and I think it's really interesting, the Sun versus KDB. Um, okay, I guess the first question is, who is a better fixture in game week 17? Is it is it KDB away to Arsenal or Sun away to Wolves? Um, I mean, in theory, it's KDB going against that really, really soft Arsenal defense. Yeah. And Wolves, you know, they can be a little chaotic at times, but Mm -hmm. Spurs can struggle against teams like this, especially away. So I, but all that said, I have lots of questions about Spur, uh, about uh, Man City's form. So, yeah, this is a total coin flip for me. 
Yeah, it, it is for me too. And it's enough of a coin flip that I wouldn't necessarily advocate for that transfer. Um, you know, I just, I feel like in general, when I'm making a transfer, I want it to feel, I don't want it to feel like I'm moving a player I basically like for a player I want a little bit more. You know, that usually feels like the waste, a waste of a transfer for me. Um, I usually feel like I have other, other, problems in my team that you know i guess if i had no problems and i loved my team and maybe i had two free transfers and i only wanted to use one you know there there are like very specific circumstances where i think it'd be a reasonable move to bank but i do think uh yeah sun's form is better but um yeah i i I, kdb to me is the play if i were betting on just who would score more fantasy points in game week 17 i would definitely go with kdb um i mean he's gonna slice up that arsenal defense i feel pretty so the option, the options there, if you need to move on a Spurs midfielder, and I think the only two candidates to consider are Deli Ali and Hungman Son. Lucas yeah. Mora isn't in the conversation, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. If you're not moving KDB, then you're either selling Sterling. Mm-hmm. You're not selling a Liverpool mid, yeah. because Mane can't go anywhere for you. Uh, so you have to be able to find a way to stretch your Pulisics and your Mason Mounts and your John McGinn's to get there. Yeah. So, and S- Sterling to Sun seems fine. Like, do it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if, especially because, I mean, you know, KDB to Sun, they're about the same price. But if you move Raheem Sterling to Sun, you have two extra million. You know, that's that, that, that turns Jimenez into Marcus Rashford or, or whatever. You know, like, I feel like there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot you can do with that two million, and I—I I mean, do you see Sun and Sterling? I see them as like pretty much comparable as FPL assets. Maybe Sun's even a better FPL asset at this point. I mean, without a doubt, yeah, without a yeah. doubt, yeah. Um, I—I I completely agree. So yeah, all right. So KDB to Sun, maybe not Sterling to Sun. Go for it. Not that anybody asked us that, but that's <laughs> that's uh, yes. our opinion. Uh, F Flapjack says, "Is Kane being overlooked?" Uh, what do you think? (laughs) I I was, I was hoping this question wasn't going to come up because, um, yeah, the performance against Burnley, uh, it does your head in because we spend so much time sort of trying to conclusively say that Kane is done. He's washed up. His body has failed him. And then he unearths this 40 yard screamer. Right. Um, which you would think if, Pope Nick Pope is as tall as he claims to be. What he was should Burnley? Be. What was even going on with that team? <laughs> I, I mean that know. that Sun goal. Like I don't want to be a <laughs> that guy, but no one just no one could take a yellow card on that. It was like they were also. <laughs> it was like it was everyone in Burnley on four yellows, and they didn't want to miss the. Night. It was that was weird. I don't know. Like, <laughs> do you agree? Yeah. I mean, it was a great goal, but I don't know. Like. Someone put in a tackle, you know, get the yellow card. Yeah, I, I don't know if this question made it into the lightning round, but I saw somebody asking, uh, oh, yeah, it, it does. So we'll, we'll get to our thoughts on Burnley. But, I mean, sometimes it's great for defenders to just let that happen just so we can have those uh, moments of wonder as football yeah, fans. Hot and Ben Arfa uh, moment. Yeah, or <laughs> Diego Maradona moments, <laughs> right, uh, right, if, right. if we can call them that. So, yeah. I guess I'm I'm okay with Burnley just uh, falling flat every once in a while so that I can experience joy. Um, <laughs> I like joy, but Kane, I I it's one performance, and mm-hmm. I think FPL managers are okay. So there's the one hand where you have to take a leap of faith, and then there's the other hand where 
FPL managers can be prone to these um, fits of, of fancy. Right. And a couple of wonder goals against a very diabolical performance in Burnley. Mm-hmm. Do we read into that Kane is back in form or do we read into that as it's a fluke performance? I mean, the answer is certainly somewhere in between. Right. But what I what I know about Kane more is what I have seen from him sixteen uh, through fifteen game weeks. I do not I do not know only about his game week sixteen exploits. So right. I will not be fooled this time. Yeah, I mean, I guess the answer is that we can now at least ask the question, uh, which I you know I mean going into this match it was one goal and no assists in his last. Uh, five. I guess he missed game week 11. Um, so, I mean, but even since Mourinho joined the club, right? I mean, you know, they, he had one goal and no assists in the last three matches, the West Ham match, the Bournemouth Panther Man United. It wasn't like he was, he was looking over, I mean, honestly, I, I still think he is kind of overpriced. I mean, at 11 million, I still don't feel, I, I would much rather have Son and I, I'd rather have Ali for that matter too. Um, so at least we can, yeah, at least we can start asking if he is underrated. I mean, you know, we're talking about this leap of faith thing. I mean, it's, it's, you could do it. I, I would like a leap of faith to not be quite so expensive because this is a leap of faith that would require to kind of rearrange your team to fit them in. Um, yeah. so I, I don't like that as much. If Jimmy Vardy suddenly gets injured, then sure. Try, try Kane out. But as it is, I don't, uh, I don't yeah. love it. I think, I think you can rationalize it through a coverage conversation in that, uh, and I think we made this comparison last week in that Harry Kane is the Firmino to Ali and Sons, Mane and Salah. Mm-hmm. And the level of consistency that we've seen over the last three or four weeks from Deli Ali and Hungman Son is like, if you could double up on those guys, how are you not covering the points yeah. from Kane? Uh, and there is there is that level of involvement around Kane that I think that the money that you might blow on, as you're saying, the overpriced cane would could be better spent on helping you bring in Tammy Abraham uh, yep. back from injury, yep. um, and and other other problems that you can solve that way. Uh, yeah, Tammy, uh, Marcus Rashford, you know, I mean, those players are both. I, I would prefer them over Kane. Um, so yeah, I, not having can't Tammy for game week 17. By the way, that's I, like ugh, I, I do not feel good about that, Brian. I'll tell you that much. Right yeah. now. Um, all right. Sis says, is Grealish an option even with four yellows? So you brought Grealish in this game week. Yeah. Yeah. And that that uh, yellow that he picked up late in the Leicester game was really painful because he was neck and neck uh, for the last bonus point. Mm-hmm. Um, was it with uh, against Chilwell? I can't remember who it was. Yeah. Um, no. Or Johnny. Uh, who would Whoever it was. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Madison. So then he just decides to push whatever schmuck it was that he pushed over because he was just kind of done with the game. And (laughs) he was the the only one on Villa who was putting in any sort of decent performance. Uh, So you could sense his frustration. So it it was just like a stupid, stupid yellow card. And now it has to cause Grealish owners to worry about this. However, you... we can dig up that old Diego Costa story every time this happens. And if you let that fifth yellow card scare you away from a possibly great fantasy asset, then I don't know. I think you're just kind of playing with one hand tied behind your back. So um, 
bring him in and it, what what plans do you have that if you brought him in now mm-hmm. and he did get suspended for game week 18 could you not solve that problem in game week 18 through another transfer so are you overthinking it yeah um, depends on how many liverpool and, assets you have i suppose um and if you if you want you know if you want to keep them or not um because the alternative for some people would be i guess to go with with 10 players or something like that. I mean, I guess it helps that no one has West Ham players, except for me somehow, because I still have, you know, you remember you had that non-playing uh, Watford player on your defense? Yeah, Navarro. I have uh-huh. Fredericks, who is effectively a non-playing person in my squad right now. Uh-huh. Uh, he has been the third, my, my third bench spot for like 10 weeks or something like that. Uh, but it's actually like super annoying now because I have to figure out what to do with him because he doesn't play any. He, not only is he, he can't even help me the one week I need him to help me. Uh, and yeah. somehow it's like, it's crazy. Like West Ham have not had a good fixture. I, I don't even, it feels like all season, certainly in the last like uh, seven or eight weeks. Like it's just been like a bunch of garbage. And of course he gets a clean sheet away to Chelsea. I don't know how that happened still. That was just one of those weird Fluky yeah. matches, I guess. I guess maybe it was a derby or something, and you know that was we were up for it. But well, but okay. So you, Grealish has got to be on your short list for transfers to make. Yeah, what's your yeah. gut feeling here? Like, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm targeting him for game week 18 as well. Um, I I think that uh, Grealish for Tielemans is a move that I uh, really want to make, and will probably make in game week 18. Um, yeah. You know, the only thing that would it's just tricky because I do have three Liverpool players. And the question for me is whether I want to just kind of persist with them or not. Um, you know, the fact that Fred they just kind they, of ride it out through game week 18 and just let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, exactly. It kind of depends on how much faith I still have in Mo Salah. I mean, he looked, you know, Jurgen Klopp said that actually it's funny because it's the next question in a running order. So I'll just, uh, Karthik says, is Salah back in the frame? And uh, Jurgen Klopp said after uh, the match that Salah was finally back to 100% and that he is finally there. Uh, so if Salah is back to 100%, he's actually cheaper now than Sadio Mane. Do you still have to move to Mane? You know, is, is, <laughs> is Mane – I mean, I don't know. Like after game week 15, I was like, yeah, I have to do this like, as soon as possible. Uh, the only reason I didn't do it before game week 16 is because it was so obvious, I think, that – that he was going to get rested. Um, I didn't know he'd get the full rest, but I thought he wouldn't start the match. Um, as it turned out, you know, they were, they were, they really just didn't need to bring him on. Um, I was thinking about that when I was watching the matches. Like, I feel like anytime, anytime you see the, like the, the, um, the substitutions and the number is 20 or higher and mm-hmm. whoever's coming in, this number is also 20 or higher. It's like, it's like the, the game is clearly a blowout in one direction or the other. You know, it's like, it's never, uh-huh. you never see a 26 for a 44 during like a 1 1 match. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's only when it's like 3 0 and the game is, game is uh-huh. over. So, yeah. um, so uh oh, Phil yeah. Foden's coming on. Yeah. Look I, yeah. So I thought, I thought Sal looked great. I actually thought he could have, um, he was back to his aggressive self, which I thought was really encouraging. Um, and, uh, he actually could have had even more in that match. I'm really glad that he scored too, because I think, um, as we all know, players who score a lot of goals sometimes need to get a little lucky and just get a goal, however they get it, you know, and that starts, that tends to kind of fire them up and they get kind of hungry for goals again. And so, um, so now I feel like maybe I just hold Salah and, uh, I mean, if I feel like they're going to play equally, 
Um, I, you know, he's been, he's been rested a ton over the last month or so. So if he really is back to full health, I don't know why he would keep getting rested in these Premier League matches. I just don't see that as something that's going to happen. Um, you know, any more than anyone else is susceptible to it, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Klopp is, Klopp is lying his face off in all these press conferences. So (laughs) um, I, I'm not entirely sure what that means. And I mean, we were here with Salah after that Man City game where Salah looked electric and, uh, he, yeah. he, he seemed to sort of fall, his form seemed to dip immediately following. So, um, so for you, yeah, I mean, I, you, you, so you, you don't have, you don't have salary money at the moment and, uh, going into game week 18, I mean, you're talking about Rashford, but you have to at least be, or going to game week 17, excuse me. Uh, we're talking about Rashford, but you have to at least be considering, um, Sadio Mane too, right? Like he's gotta be in the, a contender. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So it's Sterling is the guy that's going to go. And the question is, does Sterling go for Sadio Mane or does he go for Deli Ali? So the Sadio Mane pick is because the game week 17 fixture is so plum and it's a captainable fixture. But then you immediately go into a blank and then that uh, Leicester City away match. Right. Which um, not a great two match run. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, the way I tend to manage my fantasy team is to avoid those situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that means that I have to duck and cover during game week 17 again without any Liverpool coverage. And I haven't had Liverpool attacking coverage since I wildcarded in game week five. And, yeah, you know, my overall rank doesn't actually um endorse that as the best way to play the game but right so it is uh it's it's a problem but i think what i'm going to end up do what i'm going to end up doing is revisiting liverpool after game week 18 Mm -hmm. and it'll be an interesting uh it'll be an interesting situation at that point to see where we are with Mane and sala coming going into that leicester match or coming out of that leicester match and i I think maybe that will help me uh, figure out which of those two players I want. Because I'm with you. If Salah is actually going to come back into form, then I, I I would happily take him over Mane, even though Mane looks like the best player in the world at the moment. <laughs> he does. And I think that if there is a possibility that I that I just that I just move KDB to Mane as well. I mean, I wouldn't do it before um uh, before game week seven, I mean, you know, maybe I would probably wait until game week 20 to do it, but you know, it was just, I was just, th- I was looking at overall points. It's nice. That that's like a, it's a way to tell like <laughs> the season is so long and you sort of like narrative start building your head. And, but I was just, I, I was kind of surprised that like that Mane and Salah are first and third in terms of total points in the season. Um, you know, you don't, uh, you think of this as being like this terrible, most solid season, but it's, it's, you know, it's really not. He's got seven goals and four assists on the, on the year. Um, you know, you know, third overall and, and total, you know, total midfielder points for the season. Um, and so maybe the move in a, f- a few weeks is just to have both of them. And, uh, you know, it sort of depends on whether, whether solid kind of proves that he's back. Um, one match does not do that. And the, the, that Bournemouth team is, uh, it's getting kind of scary for them, right? Like it's, it's, yeah. it's not no Nathan Hake. I mean, Hake yeah. was the only one who uh, seemed to have any sort of leadership skills 
back there, or I don't know if it's leadership skills or f- footballing skills, I should say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like I, I'm licking my lips, this Chelsea, um, Bournemouth fixture in game week, uh, 17. Yeah. Disgusting. Uh, uh, that was, uh, all right. <laughs> uh, all right. We got, we got a few more questions here. Let's, let's do these a little faster though. Okay. Let's do them a uh, little lightning round style to, to get through them a little more quickly. Uh, Gareth Owens says, is it ever worth a hit to bring in a keeper? Oh man. So the, uh, question that's been popping up for the last three weeks is, should I get rid of Pope? And the answer is, yeah, you should have three weeks ago. Um, I feel however, that I, this is a true story. So, uh, I, there's a, the person that we talked to on Twitter a lot, uh, Chico Fernandez, and he was asking me about, about moving Pope to, um, uh, to Gaita. And he was like, well, what do you, you know, how do you, you know, know, do you think that works out in the end? And I was like, well, I was like, like, I see Pope (laughs) is getting like three points in both of those fixtures. I think it was like, do I want to, you know, is it worth it on a hit? And so I was like, well, Mm -hmm. I see Pope getting three points in both of those, that's six points. And I was like, Gaita maybe gets, you know, maybe gets a clean sheet with no bonus in one. And then maybe like, you know, they concede in the other. And so I was like, so I think in the end, it's like um, with the hit, it doesn't quite come out. You know, it doesn't quite work out. Uh, and of course, yeah. I mean, Gaida has, has what, like 18 points in the last two and Pope has one. So yeah, it's, uh, crazy. It's, yeah, it's crazy how much that. Uh, well, here's the, with, with goalkeepers, you're not chopping and changing with goalkeepers. And if you are, you're you're a psycho maverick. <laughs> you're not chopping and changing, meaning the goalkeeper transfer that you make is for the long haul. It is a long term move. Right. So if you feel like you have to take a hit to get in the keeper that you want this is this is for the long term and i think that it can bear fruit given that you're trying to amortize this transfer over two or three or four months yeah so in that sense it can be in the strictest sense of like hits are bad there is generally a way for you to make this goalkeeper transfer happen within a two-week time frame without a hit Maybe you have to sacrifice a sexier attacking transfer, but just eat your vegetables in that case. Yeah. I, 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 this idea that you can never make a burn a transfer on a keeper, I think is, I, I, I don't, I've never completely agreed with, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I think you, I think you just said it. I'm pretty much with you on, uh, on your, your assessment. I mean, just like, thing. look at, look at that Gaita Pope, uh, uh, comparison is yeah hindsight is what it is but you should have made the point move. difference yes. yeah and so therefore goalkeeper transfers are worth it yeah i'm bringing this up because i told him not to i mean you know i actually tried <laughs> i tried to get out of the uh, i'm saying i this is like a like a long-winded way of apologizing for for a bad for, for guessing so well so we just we just got to wrong. the end of goodwill hunting uh <laughs> with you it's, it's not, not your not fault your chico fault, it's josh it's, it's mine uh all right so that's actually why I, I stopped doing the advice shop by the way i couldn't deal with the pressure it was uh you know it's you never want people to come back at you you feel you feel too guilty uh jeremy burns says uh is richarlison a trap now richarlison yeah, we have not yeah, we have, he's a trap we've barely talked about him the entire season uh you've never been a richarlison fan ever this is going back years now i i i like him a little more than than you do he's no. He's having a sneaky good season, though. I mean, he's he's got four goals in his last five matches. He scored in the last three. 
Um, yeah. You know, I think okay. that there's some potential there. This Duncan, okay, I, okay, I'm going to go out there on a limb and I'm going to say this Duncan Ferguson thing, it's not happening. Okay. That was one match. one match. He probably threatened to rip everyone's arms out of their sockets if they didn't go out there and run their asses off for 90 minutes. Yeah. And that's only going to go so far. I mean, Gilfie Sigurdsson is, an, is a gray-haired old Icelandic hermit. Uh, he can't do that for more than one match. That's true. So one match I, to impress, I, make sure he gets, keeps his contract mm-hmm. and yep. Yep. Uh, all right. Fair enough. I mean, I kind of, I'm kind of with you. And also their, their fixtures aren't great over the next few weeks either. Uh, all right. So uh, just a couple more lightning round style questions here, Brandon. Uh, Suren Sayadowski, uh, our new patron says, uh, is the Vardy party going to end anytime soon? I can't see how it does end. I mean, he, do you? I mean, you, we all remember the Leicester season and when Vardy was going for the 10 game and then setting the 11 game scoring record. And it was just flowing. It was flowing through him like it was the force. Yeah. And there's something there's something kind of equally magical, maybe yeah. in a slightly different way with this Leicester side. And he hit Vardy another is level. There. It's, it's, yeah. He was super Saiyan today. I mean, he hit another level. Like it was those goal celebrations were like psychotic you know <laughs> he was so <laughs> he's just so amped up right now i mean i he is i'm not even sure he was this good when when lester won the league um i mean i know he had that incredible run but I, has he ever been better i mean it's like it's one touch he never misses it's incredible and he honestly he had a couple of attempted assists that 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 really should have come off in today's match as well um madison can't shoot can he I mean, he's a he's a really <laughs> talented player, and he's a pretty good fantasy player as well. But he, I don't know, it just feels like he can't shoot. I think he. I mean, he. I think he can. Maybe he can only he can shoot best when the ball is standing still. Given that he's a dead ball <laughs> right, specialist, that's but, true. Dimitri Payet. Um, yeah, I think yeah. he was trying to be a little too precise with that shot that he put off of the right hand posts um, to be to be generous. But I think Vardy is if you. If I'm thinking of the goals that he scored during the title winning season, he was scoring a lot more um, goals either on the run or mm-hmm. from farther out. And box. he's scoring yeah. like Man City-esque tap-in goals this yeah. season. And it seems like he's maybe uh, reformed his game. And I mean, Brendan Rodgers has reformed the whole squad around him. But yeah. it seems like it's easier for him to score with yeah. this team. It's true. he had to work harder. It's like it's amazing produce. that it took this many managers to get there, right? It's like this guy is incredibly aggressive and he never misses. And even if he does, he's so like psychotically single-minded that it doesn't matter anyway. You know, he doesn't seem like he's the kind of guy that's down on himself. And it's like the whole, yeah, it feels like the whole strategy in some ways is like, just get the ball to him in the box and, and watch him make magic. And yeah, I mean, like you said, I, I don't know why it would end either. I, you know, and that that's actually his form is, is the, you know, is, is the only real problem with the differential captain idea. It's just that it's so hard to go without a captain. I mean, you know, game week 18 away to Man City, I might have to just caption him again. I mean, I've captured him for five game <laughs> weeks in a row. Uh, you know, I, I have not had a blank yet since I started captaining him. It's like the best minus four I ever took was to bring him in five weeks ago. And uh, I mean, can't you see him scoring away to Man City? Maybe he doesn't score two goals in that match, but it's kind of a kind of a tricky game week anyway. So maybe, you know, if I was going to bank on almost anyone scoring in any game week now, it would be him no matter who the opponent was. 
Yeah, I I can definitely see it. And City's defense is not great at the moment. And you just look at the the goal stats table. Jamie Vardy is like leaps and bounds beyond sixteen goals on this season. He's the okay. So if you look at what Jamie Vardy has accomplished in his career, this is a classic lightning round answer. By the way, what are we on like minute six of this one? <laughs> um, uh, if there's one thing he has yet to do in the Premier League, it's to win the Golden Boot. So this could i mean lester could by all accounts like charge for the title this season but i think golden boot will become a singular focus for jamie vardy yeah yeah i i mean he's got what 16 and 16 um i mean setting the the premier league goal record might be next for him Mm -hmm. i mean what i think last year the uh was the golden boot split on like 22 goals a piece or something like that um so, I mean, yeah, you certainly expect him to score them more than six in the next 22 matches. Um, and Mo Salah, so Mo Salah said it, right? And that was on like, what, 31 goals, 32, something like that. Um, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so it's in play. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe you think he'd cool off at some point, but it's definitely, it's definitely in play. Yeah, 22 goals was the tally between Aubameyang, Mane, and Salah last season. And then in the 2017-18 season, Salah with 32 goals. Okay. And I think 32 is the record, at least for the the modern 38-game season. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I, I'm going to keep rolling with him, I think, until uh, – I don't know, until I – until I don't want to. Um, uh, how's that for an answer? Uh, all right, Fair fi- enough. Final question. Eric Floodman says, uh, has Sir Lundstrom fallen out of grace? Has he fallen out of grace? Uh, no. We we have just been spoiled with Sheffield United, yeah. right? I mean, this is just a good reminder of Sheffield United are a recently promoted club, and they just – they were never going to challenge for the top four. Yeah. I think the only and I mean, even even yeah. so Lundstrom Lundstrom had a goal uh, today off. that was yep. chalked off yep. and he had an assist that he should have had an assist to McGoldrick. McGoldrick, McGoldrick skied that. Jeez. Yeah. 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 You want to talk about guys who can't <laughs> shoot. You're talking about McGoldrick. Um, <laughs> so the Lundstrom we know it's very love. rare. It's, yeah, it's weird. Lundy, he's still there. He's getting his chances. And for what you paid for him. Yeah. Just. Shut up and be happy. I will say, if you don't have him for some reason, uh, I guess you know it's possible. Possibly listen to this podcast. You don't have him yet. At four, at five point one million as like a as a retail price, you know, like walking into the store, paying full price the way you do uh-huh. at J Crew. Uh, five. That seems <laughs> like, like that, seems, that seems like a lot of money. And at that point, at five point one, I'm thinking about some of the other. Lester, or, excuse me, uh, Sheffield United assets. Uh, you know, George Baldock. George, you've got to go boy, for George. Yeah, yeah uh-huh, two goals, sure. two goals, and three assists. Uh, the rescinded. Was he the one who had the, the yellow card? The the red rescinded for the yellow today. I, is that was that Baldock? I think, I think it was. Uh, was yeah, that was somebody else? Basham. Maybe it was. It was Basham. I think it was yeah, Basham. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, it's hard to it's hard to tell them all apart these <laughs> these good looking Sheffield United guys, yeah. But, so, so are we answering the question of of who we're dropping to to bring in um, the players that we need to move up the ranks? Because Lund, a move from Lundstrom to Baldock, if you look at the performance today, where uh, yeah, 
you know, Lundstrom has this crazy high ownership and Baldock has the much lower ownership. Yeah. Is that too much of a risk to go without Lundstrom? If he bought him at any kind of low price, I feel like it is. It doesn't feel like that's going to net you enough to, you know, I mean, because you still have to play defense too. You know, you can't just, yeah. you know, so I, I think that, I, I, I think like the, the one thing I'll say about Lundstrom is just that, we, you and I said it on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and I, I, it feels even more true than it did then, which is the guy is not an essential every week starter. And I think that he had sort of fallen into this mode where it was like you had to, it was like, you know, a way to Man City. Well, it's John Lundstrom's first on the team sheet. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, I think uh-huh. we've, we've gotten away from that a little bit. I don't think that, uh, I think that he is, he's very benchable in, uh, in certain fixtures. And, uh, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I but, but dropping them, I don't, I don't see that as a, as a real benefit. Great. That was great. It was a great answer. And uh, let's take, let's take a quick break. And uh, we have an actual, a short, but an actual lightning round to get to. Uh, and then we're going to talk about game week seventeen. Hey guys, today's podcast is brought to you by Roman. Talking about erectile dysfunction, it isn't easy. I mean, it's especially tough after an average to bad game week score. Like, I'm sorry, honey, but my captain just failed. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. And if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. To get started, just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit and connect with the doctor. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Again, that's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. All right, Brian, we're back. It's lightning round time. It's uh, time to do those questions that don't fit into the running order. FPL Jeb says, it's important to roll your transfer with Game Week 18 looming. Mm. I don't know if it's important. It would certainly help, but like the the adage of you've got to play the Game Week in front of you, like don't mm-hmm. try to roll your transfer to the detriment of your Game Week 17 side. Yeah. Worse comes to worse, you could look to take a minus four points hit going into game week 18. Because I think there's going to be a lot of chaos with so many managers owning so many Liverpool players. Yeah. I think that there will be room for you to, uh, you know, get a little crazy with the minus four hit going into game week 18 if you feel the need. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't really, I, I just keep it in mind. I, I, I do have four players who aren't playing in game week 18. So, it unfortunately does mess up my personal strategy a little bit. Um, I sort of I, I put off dealing with it as long as I possibly could, and now I have to. And so, yeah, certainly my next two transfers will be will be built around that. Um, it just makes it a little tricky, I think. And I, I don't I don't really want to have Telemans away to Man City either. So I may just move Telemans to Grealish. Um, just before game week 17 and uh and just mm-hmm. and just go for it um i could also hold i may just hold my transfer too i think that's a possibility um so yeah there's a couple i don't, I don't know but I, I do think that you have to at least keep it in the back of your head but i also think it's fine to bench three 
Liverpool players and roll out there with 11 players. And if one of those 11 players doesn't play, then that's just, that's fine. And I think that um, sometimes there's this idea that you have to have 11 starters and that your team, your game week's going to be a disaster. And I, I, I mean, what do you, what, I mean, I got like a, I mean, I have a good game week score this week and I got a bunch of one pointers in my team. You know, it's like sometimes you can you virtually can, every yeah, week. Yeah. Every week. Every week. Let's see. I'm looking at them. I have, I have uh, two players who achieve one point. I have one, two, three, four players on two points. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You end up a game week where one or two of your players don't even – you don't even field a full 11. You're fine. Yeah. And, like, what are you going to, like, drop Trent for just because he doesn't have one game week, you know, uh, where he doesn't play? So – um, yeah, I think that um, I, I hopefully I will have eleven players, but if I end up with ten, I think that's that's fine too. I mean, I actually think it was like a couple seasons ago. I had a really had a strong season, and I had like this like weird stretch where like three game weeks in a row, I only had ten players in my team through like this combination of rotation and injury, and it's you know it's fine, it's fine, it doesn't matter. Uh, all right, next question: Jeff Wachma says, "Have Burnley players stopped playing for Deitch?" Or have they mentally chalked off the Man City Spurs games in order to regroup for their next five fixtures, um, which have a little bit more points potential? So what do you think about I love that? This, I love this theory from Jeff where it's like, all right, lads, um, let's go out and get completely waxed by City and Spurs. Yeah. Um, I mean – Personal pride, there there are limits, I think. Yeah. Um, I thought they fought in the Spurs, I mean, the Man City game. I felt like there was there was some fight in that game, um, yeah, right right through the end. But, yeah, yeah with Je- Jeff Hendrick, didn't he score in like the 90th minute or something like that? Yes. That yeah. yeah. You've got two teams, I think, that I kind of read through the same lens right now, Bournemouth and Burnley, where they've been around for a while. They... They fought hard to get promoted at some point to the Premier League, and both Eddie Howe and Dyche have been with those clubs for through thick and thin. Do these clubs and these these uh, sort of legacy systems just flat run out of gas at some point? And are we at that point with both the likes of Eddie Howe and Sean Dyche? Right. I mean, maybe. I mean, like, look, what look, players look, have yeah. they brought in that have really rejuvenated these clubs? Well, yeah. I mean, and look at look at Spurs under Mourinho, right? Where I mean, look, look like Deli Alley was going to drift through it yet another season, you know. And mm-hmm. um, so, you know, I don't know how much Mourinho's even changed things, but just having a different voice, you know, I, I don't know, yeah, a new yeah, dad, yeah, a new dad. <laughs> Exactly. The the Bournemouth thing is is tricky because I, I guess I mean Howe is probably untouchable, right? Unless they lost I don't know, twelve matches in a row or something, right? And even then they probably rehire him next year. Um yeah. you know, it's yeah. I think they have a big chalkboard somewhere in the Bournemouth clubhouse. And mm-hmm. you know, at, at the start of the season, Eddie Howe just takes the piece of chalk and he writes in big letters, broadcast rights. <laughs> And that is the only thing that Bournemouth is playing for right now. They're playing for a slice of that Premier League broadcasting package. They aren't playing for trophies. They aren't playing for uh, European football. It's they just want that TV money. Their transfers have been so. I, I guess they got they had our, our boy David Brooks. That that one worked out very well, and his injury I'm sure has hurt them a lot. But some of the other ones, I mean, just you know, Phil Billing, just like just 
sky in the ball. He's like, like he's like Andros Townsend. Every time, anytime he gets the ball, he's just shooting over the bar. And Ryan Fraser is, I mean, he's not a transfer, but I, I don't know what's what's going on with him this year. And um, I mean, is Jordan Ibe? I guess he's still on the team, um, but Ugh, he's you know yeah, what a wa- so waste of a transfer that and, was. Just, and yeah. two two of the uh, young leading lights uh, just this season in the Premier League, Lise Mousset and Tyrone Mings, right. both players that have come through Bournemouth and they did nothing there. Yeah. And they had to leave that club to go be decent players. And I think that is quite damning for Eddie Howe. I mean, it's uh, what a weird, what a, what an incredibly long season it can be. Right. I mean, <laughs> just at game week seven, we were on the verge of creating t-shirts that said, <laughs> that said Callum, the truth Wilson <laughs> across the front. And he has yeah. not scored since, since that game week. And that was, what is that like late September or something? So, I mean, it is <laughs> just, insane. what a disaster this, this team is. Uh, so it's funny because we were, we were, t- we were starting, we started talking about Burnley, but the Bournemouth thing is even crazier to me. Like what, what yeah. their defense was never that hot, but the attack being just, non-existent and then you just looked across the board and you're like well who's even leading it's like harry wilson's been pretty good at times but he's really young ryan fraser is just completely fallen off phil billing sucks i mean you know let's face it uh jefferson lerma <laughs> jefferson lerma is uh you know he's defensive midfielder he's pretty good actually um harry wilson is is he's a lone player too it's not like he's yeah gonna be there next year yeah either. exactly and you know remember sermon was good last year i mean maybe some of these players had injuries uh-huh. i don't know but um dan juma i guess he actually had a couple of moments uh in the liverpool match right he looked kind of dangerous i guess but um i mean i don't know we'll see he's still in one assist on the season so hardly uh you know hardly setting the world on fire so just just a weird team i don't know yeah, very yeah. weird. They need Josh King. And, oh, Dominic Solanke. That guy stinks too. <laughs> <laughs> How he continues to start is like one of the great mysteries of the Premier it's League like right now. He is so, quit, so bad. Quit buying Liverpool's worst players. Like just if you just – if they just stopped doing that, they'd be so much better. Uh, it's – I don't know. Yeah, but Burnley, they're like a system team. Like they're – I actually think they're fine. And, you know, it's funny because I have um, – I'm like the last person who's still rotating goalkeepers and I have, I have uh, Matt Ryan and, and Pope. And uh, I mean, even though they just got crushed by, by Man City um, or by Spurs, excuse me, uh, I'm still planning to start uh, Pope at home to Newcastle in game week 17. And um, I don't know. I just think like they're the kind of like their system is still pretty strong. And I think that um, I certainly would advocate for transferring in any other players right now, but um I don't know. Like, I feel like a five nil game. That's like the classic. They they bounce back, right? And they win this game like three nil or something. John, John Joe Shelby is going to light Pope up <laughs> like a Christmas tree, and it's going to be beautiful. He's just going to get nine saves. Then that'll be fine. That'll... <laughs> yeah, Shelby. That's a player we should have talked about more. God, oh my like, god, yeah, yes. fire right now. <laughs> what a man! What a masterclass. Yeah, three goals him. in his last three. That's. Yeah, you want to talk about it's Andy cheap... Carroll? Like, yeah. hasn't Andy Carroll assisted two of those goals? It's like, has what? he really? Yeah. What magic is going on over there? Yeah, and kind of an okay run too. They've got a couple home matches coming up, so yeah, that's like a. Uh, I know we're like so far off the lightning round thing at this point, but like an underrated story is just that that Newcastle are probably fine this season. Like, what a yeah. what a crazy turnaround that is, right? Like they were awful to start. Now they're they're tenth. You know, like they won three of the last five. Like they're clearly not going to go down this year. It's yeah. uh, 
It's wild. That table, that table, if you were to look at the Premier League table right now, going into game week 17, you would say, oh, is this game week one? Like, it is a complete it's weird. Chaos, mass chaos. It really is. I mean, yeah, I mean, you have you have Palace up there in ninth. They've actually fallen. They were, they were as like far up as fifth, I think, a while ago. Um, yeah, Wolves haven't lost. I think Wolves have not lost since September, I think. I think I saw that uh, before uh, today's match. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Norwich City can uh, can actually stay up. I think that they're, I guess they only have one win to draw in their last five, but it feels like they're on the way up again. I don't know. Does that feel that? Maybe it's just a fantasy thing. Maybe, maybe just in fantasy, they're kind of a little better, but you wouldn't like necessarily peg them to stay up this year. I got to admit, I wasn't listening to what you were saying because my wife is watching a marriage story in the other room, and I just... Started drifting away thinking, my wife is watching a movie about divorce and I'm in the next room next door you and I have podcasting already, about we've fantasy already sports. Dis- we've already discussed this, Brandon, offline. We, we all want to watch Marriage Story, but you don't watch it with your spouse. That's just a classic. That's just that's the smart move with that with that movie. All right. Final, all right we've got one more yeah, question. Final lady run question. Um, and I was just – you can just cut all that if you want. I was just rambling on about Norwich. And, uh, Brayden Hale says, uh, stick with Zaha. Uh, I, I, uh, I tough one. Part of me is like, well, you're, you're already invested. Maybe let's see where this goes. But it, it it was thinking about this in hindsight, it was interesting how the converse, the conversation around Zaha seemed to drown out the conversation that we should have been having about the palace defense. Right. And I think that's still the case. So, yeah. You know, I I, th- I think there are other things you could do with that spot with Zaha. And yeah. I am not a believer. I just am not. And I, I think he'll do these spurts of things and then he'll go silent for long periods of time. I like Zaha a lot as a player. Uh, but, I mean, you know, honestly, it's like I just like him more at 5.5 million than I do at, you know, he's at, he's at 6.8 right now. Um I mean, he kind of does the same thing. I mean, you know, the, the other, like, it's a little bit like, um, uh, and I, I think he's a better player, um, but it's, it, you know, it's like Adama Traore. He's 5.2 million, and they're both kind of like doing these lung-busting run, runs into the box, you know, and they're not, mm-hmm. neither one of them are particularly good finishers. But, um, you know, Adama Traore is actually, uh, you know, he's, he's got one more assist than Zaha does in the season. He costs you 5.2 million. So, yeah. you know, I, I mean, Zaha to me just isn't worth close to 7 million. And that's why I think Correct. neither of us really seriously consider bringing him in this year. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's so. Yeah, spot on. Yeah. So maybe don't persist with him, I guess would be. <laughs> it's, I guess mm-hmm. we can't say all that and then be like, yeah, keep him. You know, <laughs> <laughs> No, Zaha, Zaha is spelled G-R-E-A-L-I-S-H. Yeah, that's, that's so true. That's yeah, spelling. exactly. For like a 8.8 million less, you can bring in a guy who's considerably better. Game week 17, Brandon, kicks off on Saturday. It's interesting because it kicks off with it with a with a match that should be really interesting. Um, Liverpool are hosting Watford. It is a weird time for this match because they have yeah. a they have an away match in the in the Champions League that is a it is a must win. Actually, no, it's it's a, it's a must draw match, but they can't lose the match in order to advance. I mean, maybe maybe it may depend on how the other results go, you know. But uh, I think uh, I think if they get a point, that, then they advance. 
So they do that. And then they have the early match on Saturday where they play Watford. And then they immediately leave for the Club World Cup and have, I think, two legs in Qatar. It's like a semifinal. And I think they win that. They play in the final or whatever. So um, so we could see some rotation here. I think you mentioned this earlier, but I think what what happens on the in the Champions League will really dictate how we feel about this team. I mean, I, I would, as a most solid owner, I would love it if he just didn't play uh, in the champions league um, in midweek, but I, I, I suspect he probably will. Um, so, yeah, I yeah. think it's, I mean, so I, I, is that, does it be in the early match scare you off bringing in Saudi Amani at all? Is that a factor for you? Or is it really just the eight, 18 blank? It's the 18 blank. The, well, it's, <clears throat> it's, it's this, the fixture pileup is such a real thing for all of these teams. And it is just so much more pronounced with Liverpool, with this travel to Qatar and with the, uh, the result that they need to get with the champions league. It's just like, I feel like they're, you're just taking on so much investing going into game week 17. So there's, there's like so many things that are shouting at me that these are problems but you can't be blind to the fact that this is the best team in the league and they have some of the best players in the world and the most captainable fixtures in game week 17. So I suspect to see a lot of Mane captaincies, I expect to see a lot of solid captaincies mm-hmm. and it could bury me. It could bury me for yet another week. So it's, it's a huge concern to me. So I think if I go Liverpool, it's, it's more of a defensive measure than anything. And my hope is that I can actually regroup and come to Liverpool from an attacking point of view in game week 19 or game week 20. Yeah. I mean, the problem is game week 19's, you know, if you have the club world cup and it'll be away to Leicester. So you're kind of committing yourself to not having them until game week 20, I would suspect. Right. I mean, bring yep. in, yes. you know, so then that it's a tricky thing. I, I don't know that I would, um, I feel like if I were in your position, not that you need my free advice, but if I were in your position and you had two transfers in hand, I, I would, I would, I think you have to use one um, to bring in Sadio Mane. I just think that's the smart, the smart play. But or or Salah, I guess, if you want to be risky. But you know, I think one of those two. Yeah, yeah. It is the beauty of the two frees. Yeah, or the and the curse at the same time. <laughs> so how how likely are you? Well, you've already said that Vardy is your captaincy, and I think that that uh, is. For me, a pretty easy decision, home Norwich. Yeah. I mean, Norwich, even though they were kind of like semi-resurgent of late, mm-hmm. their defenses still got awful. Um, yeah. And Leicester will just drive right through them. It's it's Vardy for sure. Um, I, I guess I do have Salah as my as my vice captain right now. That might that probably moves to, to Kevin De Bruyne. Actually, I'm going to do that, actually. I'm going to move to my vice captain as we're talking. Um, my plan right now... Yeah, t- my plan right now is to hold my transfer, um, but it kind of depends on what happens with uh, Lise Mousset, who um, may end up being just one of those players that was like, thanks for the short-term gains and uh, see again, never, you know, uh, like it was. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like you bought you bought cheap and you're, you're bought low and you're selling high. And I think that's yeah. a- I think that's a great way to play. That's great management. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't get too precious about these people, you know. So if he's healthy, then – you know, and he's ready to play in this Aston Villa match, then, um, then great, you know, and I'll, I'll probably hold him for the next couple of game weeks, um, because they play Villa, Brighton and Watford in their next three. I mean, those are, those are good fixtures for, 
for any striker outside of McGoldrick who can't score. Um, and so I think it's, uh, I think I would hold him, but if he's injured, then I might, I might be in burn four territory if he's injured. And, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of tricky. So my plan right now is to, is to not burn any transfers. Captain Vardy stick with, I, mean, I have like a four, four, two in that case with uh, Van Dyke, Alex and Arnold Lundstrom and Soyun Chu in the back. So I feel pretty good yeah. about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, Tammy is my vice captaincy, and I hope that, like, Tammy blanking in game week sixteen, in which in what could have been a decent match against Everton, yeah, had a couple chances. Uh, I feel he did have a few chances. The whole the whole Chelsea thing just didn't come together against Everton. Everton were just running running harder. They wanted it uh, quite a bit more. But I feel like I need another week where I get a double return out of Tammy just to utilize him a little bit more as a differential because mm-hmm. so many people, I mean, he's still 35% ownership. It's not like um, he just disappeared off of planet FPL right? Uh, because of that injury. But I think that people aren't at least thinking of him as a captaincy option in game week 17. And I do think that, he very well could be home Bournemouth. Bournemouth's defense has has just been yeah. decimated. That hit late. must that hit must be bothering him, right? Like he, he went down and near the end of that match. I'm, I'm like amazed that he played on. Uh, oh, by the way, just a, a quick side note: hilarious moment at the end, like classic like noob manager move from from Lampard, where they're they're down two one and. He he brings off uh, James and brings mm-hmm. on uh, Bachuai and basically is like, "Hey, we're not going to play defense <laughs> uh, the last few minutes of this match." And of course, Everton scored like a goal like like ninety seconds later. It was like the most predictable. I mean, I, he's done a great job this year, but that was just like he was like too clever by half on that move. Yeah, I agree. I think the move maybe should have been to bring Tammy off because it's like, yeah, you put Tammy in. Uh, Batshuayi right up there on the goalkeeper, but somebody has to pass them the ball, right? And that's what James is meant to be doing. Like he's when James has played this season, he's been really good at delivering balls from the right side. Yeah, Tammy didn't really do anything uh, the last I, I twenty minutes of that match either. So yeah, I, I I don't know. I'm like Lampard knows more about football than I do, but I just thought that was kind of a like he, he was trying a little too hard. He's a noob. He's a noob. All right, so yeah, and then we got uh God, Southampton. Danny Ings. Uh, I, I, I want to be out of my house when the Southampton West Ham matches on. I like what the hell? Like when did this guy turn into an unstoppable force? I'm I'm not ready for this. It's like it's, it's bizarre. Um, I, yeah, yeah. It's like we. He, he, I guess he's I guess he's a healthy player now. He will never get injured again, and that's you know great. He can play three times in a week. Like that was that's news to me. Um, but. Uh, yeah, congrats. It's like he it's like he he put his hands on Charlie Austin's chest and sucked what was <laughs> remaining of his health out of him and said, "I'll use this I guess, for Southampton." Yeah, I guess so. And I mean, poor poor Shea Adams, right? I mean, he thought it was going to be his year. Oh, God. And now it's now it's the Austin year. He I mean, they need to send him out on loan in January cuz he's just not going to play a single minute the rest of the season. It's kind of insane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we move on to we talked we talked about Liverpool and Leicester a fair amount already. Uh, move on to Sunday's matches, uh, Man United Everton. That should be a pretty fun match. Um, we'll we'll see if Everton really are resurgent or not in that one. And God, Man United apparently are. It's uh, 
what a win. Yeah. It's incredible. I mean, we're not a, it's a fantasy podcast. We didn't talk too much about that match, but that was, uh, I was yeah. very impressed. I think what was clearly important for Manchester United was to get Pereira out of the starting lineup and having somebody that was a little more secure in Scott McTominay. And Fred is, I mean, to his credit, playing a little bit better, but it seemed like McTominay and Martial being back too, you can't discount that, is is only going to make their stock rise higher, I think, uh, going into the further holiday fixtures. So I'm, I'm feeling really good about Manchester United. Yeah. And I mean, Rashford, 10 goals and five assists in the season, probably. I mean, I don't know if we can track his ownership percentage um, by week. I don't know if you can, but still only at 21% owned. Um, and he's got 10 goals and five assists in the season. I mean, one of the best fantasy assets this year, and he's still flying way under the radar. I mean, I guess not under the radar as much any longer, but if you get him now, you are not chasing points. You are just getting him before everybody has him is kind of how it feels right now. I mean, he – I mean, it's, what's, what's amazing is it feels like in all of these recent matches, he could have had even more points. I mean, like I feel like he's hit the crossbar like four times in the last, you know, two or three yeah. matches. So Missed a yeah. handful of uh, penalties. And missed a handful of penalties too. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and Wolves-Spurs, that should be a really fun match as well. Um, that Wolves-Brighton game was so wide open today. I was a little surprised. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was. Yeah. It was. I was hoping to get a little bit more out of Jimenez. But yeah. it's like it's it's proof that Jimenez and Jota really are a great duo mm-hmm. when they're both on top of their game. And, uh, you know, if they can, can if they can keep that up, then they sh- they are really good at sharing FPL points. Yeah. So that's not a situation of, well, I've got to move to Jota now. No, yeah. I think that that's just all positive for Jimenez. It was, did you see on Twitter when I, I called him like the worst good player in the Premier League or something like that? And uh, I did, yeah. Yeah, and then proceeded to score a brace afterwards. It was amazing because I did that with Nathan Redmond last year as well. And he scored a brace right after I did that too. So who is the wow. next person that I'm going to say is the best good bad player in the league? Because yeah, that player you're a kingmaker, <laughs> unintentionally, but <laughs> apparently, um, yeah. And then Arsenal, Man City. Uh, I see this as a very easy Man City win, um, like four one or something like that. I think they destroy Arsenal, even, even with their bad form. Yeah, this is a uh, keep Jesus for this match. Yes, um, uh, what a great match for him. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, he will just uh, run through Mustafi's legs, pull his shorts down, mm-hmm. and score a goal. <laughs> if not if not two, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, and then Palace Brighton, um, your classic Monday fixture, uh, like classic whatever fixture. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That'll be kind of interesting, I guess. Uh, we'll see if Palace can... That's one where I debate sheets. at my desk whether or not I just track it on a on a ticker mm-hmm. or if I actually pull the game up on my phone, which, I mean, we all know which which way that typically goes. <laughs> yeah, you're an addict. I mean, resist, yeah, but, yeah, same here. I know. It, like, I'm trying to think of what combination of two teams I would not... Like Watford Southampton, that was that was it was like a real test actually because Watford Southampton played on like it was like the late match on Saturday two weeks ago and I did not tr- I, I just tracked that match on my phone because I just did not have any real interest. In, <laughs> I wa- yeah. I watched it. It was it was a bona fide stinker. Yeah, it was yeah. really bad. 
Uh, all right, Brandon. Well, that's that's the podcast. Um, so we'll be back uh, next Sunday. We're going to keep the Sunday podcast going as, as much as we can through the holidays. Um, it's really tricky to do. You know, there's, there's just so many matches that it's – I don't know. Like we're not going to try to get too tricky. And obviously we have uh, holiday plans and things like that that will make it um, – more comp. I, I don't think there'll be any midweek pods. I think we're going to be doing weekend pods uh, throughout the holiday fixtures. Um, and um, yeah, so thank you for listening. Uh, once again, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating. And Brandon, would you like to thank our producers? Oh boy, would I? Yes. Big thanks to our always cheating producers, Trevor Ingerson, Adam Benjamin, Mike DiPietro, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Chris Carter, Martin Savage, Brian T, DeBig Gaffer, Bobas Kuhn, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Jazz Binning, Dave Wegner-Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Frederick Kean Gransky, Travis West, Alan Creasy, Victor Forberg, Skogang, Paul Herzig, Kaya Kirstein, Lelang, Stein Niehaus, Barry McGuire, Peter Bodoctel, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, and Andy Martin. And don't forget to rate and review and subscribe to Always Cheating on your podcast provider of choice, Apple Podcasts. We love your five-star reviews. Thanks to everyone who recently posted reviews and gave us five stars on apple Podcasts. also spotify thanks to everyone out there who listens on spotify and sent us screenshots of their spotify year-end uh list where always cheating was present that was great to see yeah that was also that was course, great to see uh, yeah google play stitcher Acast, all those great places give us a follow on social media twitter at hell cheaters instagram at hell cheaters facebook.com slash always cheating and if you have a lengthier message that's just not quite right for socials send us an email hellcheaters at gmail.com or visit our website for all this information and more it's always cheating.com our online shop is there with t-shirts sweatshirts and mugs for a last minute christmas gift uh or just a treat for yourself uh so wow. so that's it beautiful brandon you just ran through all of all of that so cleanly so i'm just gonna say uh we're signing off. Hail Cheaters. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Poku forever. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.